let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. I'm Emily and I'm here as always with Andrew, my hubby. Hey guys. And we are super excited to have Lauren Pace here with us. Can you say hi, Lauren? Hi, so excited to be here. Thanks. We're so excited to have you. So Lauren has the podcast XO, XO Parenting. Um, can you tell us your little tagline? Because I just love it so much and I butcher it every time I try to say it. Love parenting and parent with love. It's so good. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to her podcast since the beginning and I've just loved it. I've um, applied a lot of good principles and um, activities and stuff from what she has to share. So it's really good. Did you find her on Instagram through because of the podcast or because of her dog? Because of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> um, this is the lady that we're getting our puppy from. So we've talked about the puppy already. The I show. was telling, oh, good. I was telling my husband, I'm like, I have a podcast interview tonight. Actually, with the same people who are getting our puppy. But they found me, they asked me to do the podcast before the puppy. Right. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. it was awesome. It was like, podcast. Oh, let's find you on Instagram. Oh my gosh, she has a puppy. We're getting this puppy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a world thing because like she had mentioned you and then I had like, then she had mentioned that you had a dog and then she just kept talking about how beautiful it's Rosie like, is. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. We should get a dog. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like Rosie had puppies. And then Emily was like in love mm-hmm. from like the first second. And so we, uh, he's like, like, I came. Okay, let's do it. And I was like, wait, are you serious? Are you kidding right now? And he's like, no, let's do it. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so there's that backstory. <laughs> cool. Well, we're super excited to have you on, Lauren. Um, she's going to talk to us about parenting with emotional intelligence today. She is very qualified to talk about um, this topic. She has a master's in human development, right? And what was the other thing? Family studies. <laughs> Family studies. That's right. Um, and besides the podcast, she's also, um, working on, um, two different programs, the parenting with emotional intelligence, and then the exo parenting program, right? Did yeah. I so I do coaching, like I do parent coaching, coaching and then I have like the playtime. So oh, I have like right. learn through play curriculum. Yeah. So you're a busy lady. I'm a busy lady. I love that. And you have a farm. <laughs> and you have, I a, have farm. a farm. And kids. <laughs> so random. Super. Super. Well, before we get into our topic today, we're gonna do our Pobody's Nerfect. And we haven't done it this year, so it's been a long time. That's where we share a little embarrassing moment. Um, usually one from either Andrew or I, and then one from our guest. From me. From Andrew or from Okay. Me. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, Andrew's going to go. Yes, I'm going to go first. I'll give Lauren a second to to think of hers. Uh, So mine happened this week. And this like never happens to me. So I'm not usually like a forgetful person. Or like I don't like space out very frequently. Um, But I think I I was having like a really busy day at work. And there was just like a lot of my mind. And I was thinking about the issues that we've been having. And I go to the gym at 12 on this day of the week 
and I um, stopped working. So I'm working from home. So I stopped working um, and went into my closet to grab my gym clothes and then walked into the bathroom. And again, this is before going to the gym and I got in the shower and I'm like sitting there showering, <laughs> thinking about like, oh, what am I going to do about this issue at work? And I was like so consumed by this issue um, that I I don't know why, but I got in the shower and then I was like putting shampoo in my hair and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, why am I in the shower right now? <laughs> I have no idea why I am here. And so I had to jump out real quick, change and, and then run to the gym, and then come so back funny. and shower again. So. Yeah. It's hilarious. And I've never spaced like that before. You've never done that where you like wake up in the middle of the night and you start getting ready and you're like, uh, it's three. I maybe did that once. In I've done like that a grade few times. School. Yeah. Like that maybe so once. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what, what is going on? I, and I, I felt like Emily, cause Emily does, does this kind of stuff when she's pregnant all the time. Well, pregnancy brain. It's real. Right. Um, but I've never done any of those kind of things. That is real. Yeah. So I, 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 I got you on that one level. On that one level. On that, <laughs> I know there are many other levels, but on that one now level. Now you know what it's like to be pregnant. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm professional. I completely understand now. Okay. So there was my poe buddies and everything. I love it. Yeah. Well, I honestly, like I do do embarrassing stuff all the time, but like off the top of my head, I'm like trying to think of something that was like so like more embarrassing than other things. Um, but my son is preschool. Like their parking lot is like an ice skating rink. So oh, no. it was bring your pet to school day. And so Charlie which one of your 20 pets do you bring? I know. Right. <laughs> um, we brought the pheasants. No, just checking. That'd be weird. Um, <laughs> so we bought, brought, he wanted to bring, he, he didn't want to bring Rosie because Rosie had to stay with her children. That's what he said. It was so cute. <laughs> children um and so we brought the drothar which is like i don't know she's probably 35 40 pounds anyway okay, so what did you say a drothar okay i thought you said a giraffe i still don't know what <laughs> our you giraffe <laughs> what did you bring I don't understand. so it's called a drothar it's a uh draught for short but it's another hunting breed it's kind of like a oh. german wire-haired anyway okay, okay. Yeah. yeah that's why i thought it was actually okay. i thought it was german wire Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the yeah. Anyways, the black one. Anyway, so we take her to school, and I'm carrying her, and then my two year old because it's like super icy. Sorry. <laughs> that time's happening outside the store. <laughs> um. Anyways, so we jump out of the suburban, and I go to pick up Maylee, and I have the dog in my hand, and then the dog pulls, and I just slid across the parking lot. With the dog, right as I'm telling both of my kids not to fall. Anyways, it was like madness. And then I was like, okay, we're, we're good. We're good. We stand up again. And then I fall again. And I'm like pregnant, <laughs> carrying the dog, carrying the two-year-old. I like, oh, no. I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so bad out there. And then on the oh way back gosh. to the car, I fell again. I'm just like, oh, I'm glad no one's watching this, but it was. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. Like, yeah. You're pregnant. Huh. <laughs> know, right? Well, that's the thing too, is like, I have like kind of like hip, like hip, issues i guess like when i'm pregnant i just get really like i i start to waddle really early like around 25 weeks and so i had to go to the chiropractor like the next day because <laughs> i'm like i can't walk <laughs> it was interesting. oh man that's funny i have hip issues too when i get pregnant and then afterwards like i still yeah. have them like, you still ugh. do 
stupid little lower back issues. Yeah. It's fine. That's just getting elderly. He totally yeah, understands a... though because of his shower experience. Right. Yeah, I do. I, I can empathize. I can't just sympathize. I can empathize every aspect of pregnancy. That story reminds me of so many times on my mission we would um we'd play this game to see who could like go the longest without slipping because mm. we were in Russia and so we would spend all day during the winter on the streets walking on ice walking on ice like literally all day on ice and so <laughs> you, most people i don't know why it worked out this way but most people would be good most days and then if they fell once that day, they would fall continuously throughout the day. And mm-hmm. so you'd get like, a, you fall once and then you fall three or four more times throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. Super funny. All right. Cool. Let's jump into our exciting parenting topic. Cool. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what this new program is that's launching in March. And at this point it is March. So. Oh yeah. March. Yay. It's baby month for me. Okay. Yay. <laughs> So the Parenting with Emotional Intelligence course, it is like a six-week, we're calling it a program because it's more than just like a lecture. It's more kind of, um, it's interactive in in that it's like having you like pause and think and reflect and journal and, you know, do these different prompts to kind of get through. But it's basically a course, it's a six-week course with an interactive workbook and, um, the goal of it is to really help you understand your emotions, accept your emotions. So then when you parent, you can then help your children to, to learn more about their emotions and accept their emotions. A lot of times we try to dismiss our kids' feelings like, oh, stop crying. You're fine. It's okay. Um, and that's because that's how we, a lot of us were parented. And so we're kind of in this generational trap where we're not really accepting of emotions. And then over time that teaches us that negative emotions are bad. Um, whereas all emotions are doing something for us. And so to really sit with them and accept them and then learn how to accommodate them is the goal of the program. Um, and I'm doing it with two of my colleagues. I like to say colleagues because it makes me sound really professional. Super, um, super professional. Well, you are. So you guys are professional though. <laughs> um, but so Ty Aller, he is a therapist and he has his PhD in family and human studies or family studies and human development. And um, Wendy is a former special education teacher. So it's really cool because we both, we all come with like different backgrounds in our experiences. Ty is single. Wendy has three older kids. I have three younger kids. And so it's just like a really cool experience to like come together with our knowledge, our education, and then put together this program. It's, it's been really fun. That's really awesome. And I have the awesome opportunity to pilot that program. And it's been really, really cool. Are you like really, really, I like caught up? I'm almost caught up. I'm like not caught up. I'm trying to do it too, like at the same time, but I need to do the accept module. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done a lot of the worksheet stuff yet. Well, the thing I'm loving the videos. Yeah. It's It's easy to listen to the videos while I'm doing stuff, but like to get the worksheets and stuff going, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah. You have to like sit down and like focus. Yeah. What I love about it though is like it's challenging me, even though I helped develop the course. Mm-hmm. That's something awesome. that will always help people yeah. because there's always more to figure out with our emotions. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. like the coolest thing that I've gotten from the course and also like your podcast is the concept of staying curious. Um, I just love that, that 
our kids may have like emotions and, and we could easily dismiss them. Like you were saying, um, but we should be staying curious because there's always a reason behind an emotional outburst. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm really, really trying to work on that. Yeah. yeah. I've really liked it. I, I think I, I would listen to, to some of it. With yeah. Him. I listened to some of it with Emily. I, in general, I'm like super skeptical of like self-help type things. Oh yeah. He's just not a self-help yeah, guy. Like, I'm a self-help junkie. I love it. But. Yeah, I for for so much of this kind of stuff, like like improvement of parenting and like goal setting, all those kind of things. There's just so many ways to do it. Totally, mm-hmm. and so it's really easy for me to feel like overwhelmed by like listening to these things because I start like saying, "Oh, I must be doing everything that they're saying that you can do wrong. I must be doing that wrong," and I get like hyper analytical about it. And so but I that's not the case though because we were listening to to the first couple videos. And he, I could see him starting to like, oh my gosh, I do these things or kind of freaking out about it. And I was like, no, like you're really good at these things. Like these are some of your strengths. Yeah. I I really have to like listen to those things with you, but I've really enjoyed this. I think it was something that fit really, really well with the way that we try and parent already. And I think a lot of people that are really just engaged in like intentionally parenting, like this goes along really well with all that and it kind of just like takes intentional parenting and gives you a more honed like skill set for sure like I feel like it's like next like people who are already are so like have so many good parenting strengths going on it's like the next level right it really is yeah I'm loving it yeah so yeah I think like I said it's like not just a general like parenting philosophy but it's giving practical skills inside that inside the parenting philosophy that you'd likely already have. If you're listening to this podcast or to any kind of like parenting podcast and you're engaged in, in your child's development, you're probably your, your general parenting philosophy probably already matches the, everything that's in this or in your program, but the program just kind of gives you like specific school skill sets, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And I like, yeah, we love it. Um, so as a professional and as a parent, what does it mean to you to parent with emotional intelligence? Okay. So before I like say what it means to like parent with that, I want to kind of break down like how emotional intelligence is described. Okay. Um, so there's like four components of emotional. Do you guys watch the bachelor? (laughs) I have before, but I'm not this terrible (laughs) thing to bring up on this podcast. You sinner, Lauren. Um, Anyways, on there, he's like, there's four components of emotional intelligence and you are deficient in three of the four or whatever. That's like a quote uh-huh. from this last season. Okay. Um, yeah. I haven't been listening to this one. So when I say there's four components, I like, just <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> anyways. Okay. So the first one is self-awareness. And so that's just like being aware of your own emotions and what you're feeling. Um, and I think that alone is, is a difficult skill for a lot of, of us to have. Like sometimes we'll start, um, just like slamming things around or just like yelling at our kids. And if we're not self-aware of what we're feeling, then that's going to start to come out in other ways. Right. So the second component is self-management. So then you manage those emotions. So I remember like a lot of times growing up, like, um, for example, if my mom, like before a party, she'd get really stressed out and she'd be really, really kind of angry with us and like, just like (laughs) kind of mean (laughs) anyways, 
like now we can recognize, okay, mom's feeling stressed. So this is like how she acts. But like, that's kind of like what we do as parents. Sometimes I feel like sometimes we'll take out some of our anger on our kids. And so the self-management piece is instead of suppressing it or denying the feeling, we're trying to understand our emotions, but like deal with it in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the third one is like social awareness. And so it's like how you interact with other people and how you're like aware of their emotions, verbal cues. Um, I think it's, it's interesting when somebody does not have social awareness. Cause it's really, it's really hard for me, especially to be around people who have zero social awareness. <laughs> it's like, they like aren't reading any cues and I'm not very confrontational. And so it's like just so much easier to be around people who are socially aware. So I like, I feel like that's my favorite emotional intelligence skill <laughs> for people to have. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, the last one is like relationship management. So it's your ability to connect with others, build healthy relationships and respond to the emotions of others. So when we're parenting with emotional intelligence, it means that we are not allowing our emotions to control us. And I think of it instead of reacting to things that happen in parenting, because a lot of things happen every single day um, in life and parenting and work, instead of reacting, we're thoughtfully responding. And that takes some serious skill and practice. And it's not always possible. I mean, sometimes we do freak out. But what I love about parenting with emotional intelligence is even if you do freak out, there's an emotionally intelligent way to like come back from that with your kids and be like, hey, mom was really stressed and I'm so sorry I yelled and I was feeling this. And you kind of explain that. And so then kids can understand, okay, mom doesn't hate me. And like this (laughs) isn't going to haunt me forever because you're coming, you know, to the table with like, I don't know. It's like, it's it's not what you think where you're like, have to be a perfect parent to parent with emotional intelligence. It's like, you're being vulnerable with your emotions and teaching that all feelings are valid. So then where the relationship piece comes in and the social awareness is you're responding to your child's cues. So like if they're feeling anxious or nervous, instead of being like, Oh, you're fine. Be tough. Go to school. You're saying, Oh, well, it sounds like you're feeling really worried right now. Like Mm. what, what can we do when worry comes up? Um, and you practice some strategies that you've been trying at home or whatever like that. Um, question real quick for those of our skeptical listeners, uh, who maybe are older and had, they, they came from the generation where they, like you've talked about before, didn't really address emotions super well. Uh, or maybe they're younger, but they just still have that mentality. Uh, how would you explain what, um, every emotion is valid? What, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a really good question. So it means that a child can feel angry. A child can feel sad. A child can feel worried. And our job isn't to make that feeling go away, but whatever they do with that feeling, like if it's a behavior where they're like refusing to go to school or kicking or hitting or swearing or whatever, the behavior is not okay necessarily, depending on what the behavior is, but the feeling is okay. So just like as adults, we have all of these feelings throughout the day. No one's telling us, Oh, Lauren, you can't be angry. You have to be happy all the time. Like sometimes I do feel angry and that's valid, but is it okay for me to go graffiti my neighbor's house because I'm angry at them? No, like I depends on what they did first. Right. Right, Exactly. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) is it really reciprocal or like a a good, a good response? You know, (laughs) 
Well, like, so like a healthy strategy when I'm feeling angry at my neighbor, like say their dog barks all night long and I'm feeling really frustrated. Do I call the police or do I go up to their house and say, Hey, I'm feeling really frustrated because my newborn didn't sleep last night. Da, 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 da. Is there anything way we could work out this with the dog or whatever? That would be like a healthy way to behave when you're feeling angry, but the anger isn't the problem. It's like the behavior that's the problem. And a lot of times right. we try to make the feeling go away when it's really the behavior that we don't like. Uh-huh. No, I like that. Cause I think sometimes even I, I struggle with this, uh, like finding the balance between like emotional, maybe not sensitivity, but emotional awareness, I guess. Um, and my natural desire to be not, to be stoic, but the kind of like a, a stoic tendency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like your explanation because it, it's not saying that feelings are, um, you know, I like separating the feeling from the action. Yeah. I've been working on, uh, this with Hiram, our four-year-old and he's now repeating after me, like before I can even say it, he'll be like, I know I can feel angry, but I can't hit. Or like, I can feel angry, but I can't be mean to Ruthie. Like, I can't hurt her. Right. And it's just cute. It's like, yay, like it's sticking. <laughs> right. Well, and I think it's also okay to say, hey, we want to cultivate a personality in ourselves that will experience these types of negative emotions less. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think it's good to, and people might disagree with me and Emily and Lauren, you guys might disagree with me here, but I think it's okay to say, Hey, we don't necessarily need to just give in to every single emotion. Like we can say, I'm going to cultivate my personality and try and experience these types of emotions on a more regular basis and limit how much I, uh, feel these other things. Uh, but in doing that, you can't say, you can't deny actual emotions that you have. Cause if you have those emotions, they're there. Yeah. And you have to so deal like with them. The main goal of it, of emotional intelligence or whatever is to not like wish away our bad emotions or anything like that, or like label them as bad even, but like, but what's happening is if we're saying we're happy when we're not happy, just to right. like show someone else that we're happy, then we're suppressing that emotion. It's going to outburst like in a different way later, disorder, anxiety disorder, that kind of thing. So to like really accept the emotion and work through it, like in order to, I feel like get to that place where you can have more positive emotions, you have to accept those negative emotions. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So like for guys, this might, for all of our guy listeners out there, this might make you like, make it easier for you to deal with this. The way I think about it is uh, just think about emotions as just part of the machinery of your body. Yeah. And like, if your car is, if something's wrong with your car or your gun or your lawnmower or whatever it is, something is wrong with it. If you ignore the issues that are consistently coming up because you'd rather deal with another issue or you think that, Oh, like my gun shouldn't be making this sound or it needs to not work this way. Or this, this piece is supposed to slide smoother or whatever it is. If you ignore that, you're not going to be able to address the issue. And so I think dealing with your emotions appropriately and, and using what are we saying? Emotional intelligence uh, is just being realistic about the mechanics of our body. Yeah. And I think, I I think it is, I don't know, this might be a little bit biased or, you know, not true or whatever. I think this is more difficult for men. It totally (laughs) is. Because in society, we don't 
want emotional men. I mean, that's kind of how we've had it. And so a lot of men's do men's men do suppress their emotions and hide them. And, and even though like my husband won't admit it, like he had a hard day or a sad day or this or whatever, his behavior will say otherwise, even if he's Mm -hmm. not willing to admit it, you know what I mean? Like he'll come home from work and he'll be more quiet one day or something like that. And I'll be like, Oh, dad had a rough day at work. You know, like I can start to pick up on like some emotions he's going through just by his behavior, even if he's not going to come out and say, I'm feeling sad today. Um, and so I think it is like important to like, I don't know, I'm starting to realize it in him. So then I'm not triggered by his bad mood because I'm like realizing, Oh, he's having hard emotions and he's dealing with it. Even though he's not really in a place where he's like totally even realizing that his emotions from work are bleeding into his, you know, nighttime routine or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's just like a, definitely a harder skill. And especially if you were raised by parents who didn't show emotion ever, um, that makes it more difficult. So yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if we ever let you finish the four. Aspects. Yeah. I finished the four. You finished the four. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The four are, okay. uh, awareness, right. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Managing. What was the second yep. Yep. managing and then social awareness. Yep. And then, the last one. oh my gosh, um, I don't remember. What was it? It was a management again, just relationship management. Okay, okay. And I, I thought it was that. I'm like, I just there said management, so <laughs> yeah, maybe <I> know. not. <laughs> yeah, awareness, so social awareness. So aware of yourself, aware of others. Oh, it's kind of like the like the circles thing, right? Like, so you can you have to like be able to control or influence your own individual circle, and then you expand that outward, and outward, exactly. and outward. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely agree that it's harder for men, and I think. Some of that is, oh, I don't know about, I want to say intentional or good, but um, I don't know. It, it's a difficult thing. And I, I don't know if I want it to necessarily be easy for all men. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm. I feel like you're picturing it like all men need to cry and like let out all their... <laughs> Probably. And I think it needs to, I think maybe if men talked about it in a manly way, it would be easier for us to deal with. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Because like there's the way definitely that, some cultural barriers there for sure. Right. I mean, I think there's just a way that like men talk about these things that would be helpful if men talked about it in a manly way. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you listen to these um and I'm not saying this program in particular, but like these kind of like emotional intelligence type discussions that are happening between or amongst women. And it sounds like you, we just want a bunch of Femi guys. <laughs> um, and so like all of us that are like not into that, we're like, nah, I'm a back out. I don't, I'm not super into this, but when we talk about it in the sense of like, it's just the mechanics of your body. Right. And so we understand like this is just part of your body and you're hardwired to have emotions that are meant to kind of give you signals when something's going off or when something's going good. So your, your body has these signals built into it. Um, and you just need to be aware of it if you want your body to function properly and to function properly in life. Yeah. That's interesting because like, of course, men and women have emotions um, but we don't go about dealing with it in the same ways. Definitely. Like a woman might want to like talk it out and like be vulnerable and open up and a, a man might not. Right. He might just sit, that he, he might just need to sit through it and be fine. But yeah. Well, I think that like, 
and Lauren, feel free to jump in and correct us. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, uh, like even if men want to talk about it, it needs to be talked about in a different way, just because like, there's kind of like a, a diff- a cultural difference between men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably so, helps that you have Ty on there too. Yeah. On oh, the it's team. super helpful. He's actually the best at talking about his emotions out of all of us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and that's why he did the accept module. Cause that's the hardest skill. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> Okay. So my husband and his like really good friend, he had just gone through a divorce. It was kind of, you know, there was some sad things that happened, whatever. So he spent the day with him one day and he got home and I'm like, so how's he doing? And he's like, good, I guess. I'm like, how's this? Uh, I don't know. Didn't ask him. And I'm like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So I get what you're saying. Like men just talk about things differently. And especially my man, you know, he's, he's not going to be like, but how do you feel about that? Um, but then there's, there's, there's a lot of healthy benefits from being like, even with just yourself, you don't have to talk about it with anyone, but from like waking up and being like, okay, I'm feeling really anxious today. Why am I feeling this way? And kind of being like, okay, I think I'm feeling anxious because of this. And then you can really sit with it and start to accept it and move through it and just stay curious. Is like what we said at the beginning, stay curious about it. Mm-hmm. So then that, that feeling, that emotion that you woke up with isn't bleeding into the rest of your day. And you don't even have to talk about it with anyone. You can just recognize it in yourself and be like, okay, I'm feeling really stressed because of this work thing. <laughs> now I'm in the shower before the gym. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is messing with my brain. And then just kind of just like feel that, feel yeah. just like, I don't know, accept that it's there so that it doesn't like mess up the whole rest of your day. Right. And again, it's like the one of the big faults of stoicism is you you act like you don't have any emotions, even though your emotions are influencing you. And so if you act like they're not, if if you act like they're not influencing you, then you're ignoring the check engine light, if you will. And so you have to be aware of it so you can be more in control of yourself. Love it. Yeah. Um, So then what does it mean to you as maybe a mom to parent with emotional intelligence? So parenting with emotional intelligence Like when your child comes to you with an emotion, this is something I'm catching myself doing. Um, Even though like, see, see, here's the thing, like as a behavior specialist, sometimes people are like, is it hard to be her sister because she's a behavior specialist? Like, are her kids perfect? Absolutely not. I have a great education. I know a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean I'm always like applying it. And it's always like just working seamlessly in my home. Anyway, so I've been noticing lately when I'll like, my kids will be screaming or crying and I'll be like, stop screaming, stop crying. You don't need to cry about this or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like the crying is very annoying to me. Yes. But it's not that I don't want you to feel sad. So anyways, I'm trying to get to a place where I can be like, okay, you're feeling really stressed right now right here. I'm making dinner. And so that sound is really making me feel a little bit uncomfortable. So can you go into your room? <laughs> feel sad if you want. Sad as you want. This sounds room. just like me. <laughs> so. I get triggered by like screaming, seriously. And my kids actually know that. They know that screaming triggers me. So like it's gotten to the point where like if they want to scream for fun, they'll be like, mom, can we just scream one time? And I'm like, okay, you can scream one time. <laughs> and then they'll scream. This is seriously our life too. Yeah, every so every night at dinner, Andrew's like, "Hey, here's our scream," and then yeah. they count off. And yeah, we get scream. we get three screams, 
one it has to be like a like a whisper scream and then one is like a a moderate level scream and only the last one gets to be a loud and then scream. no more and then no more scream no yeah, yeah i don't get it out it's, it's perfect seriously yeah but so a uh, question about yes, this um oh my gosh oh so we're talking about kind of like being in some senses this is like being really vulnerable with your kids right like going yeah. through and like like being uh, kind of working through uh or walking them through the steps you're taking internally to understand your emotions right so you're saying okay this is hard for me this i'm struggling with this and so if you freak out you need to go and tell your kids hey look i'm i freaked out because of this like this is hard for me or like Uh, the screaming triggers me or this makes me feel uncomfortable so i've heard a lot of of like parenting experts or like parenting programs talk about how you need to you can't let your kids know if they make you mad or you can't let your kids know that they're something they're doing triggers something because then they're just going to use that against you. So what would you say to that? Okay. First of all, I really like that question. So I do talk about this, like with power struggles, if you tell your kids, like you're making me feel this way, or you like, when you do this, it makes me feel this, then you're giving all the power to your kid. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're, they're like, oh, if I can make mom this, then I can make her do whatever she wants. So one thing that I teach um, often is that nobody can make you feel a certain way. Different triggers can happen and you can feel triggered by like loud noise or whatever. Um, but no one's actually making you feel. And it gets really complicated when you think about it because you're like, well, they did do that. So it is causing this reaction within you. But no one is actually forcing me to feel a certain way. And so I try to stay away from that language of like, you're making me mad. You're making me this. I'll say something like, I feel really stressed right now because it's so loud in here. So why don't we go in this room while mom makes dinner or something like that? So just like in the language of it, it makes a difference, but also like, sorry, your original question was like, don't, don't let your kids know that they're making you angry or something like that. Yeah. So, so like, you don't want to give your kids ammunition, right? Yeah, or like, exactly. like a game plan of how to take you out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's like kind of like where the language comes in there. But then at the same time, it's for me more valuable for them to have empathy for my triggers and for my emotions. If I word it correctly, where I'm not giving them power or whatever, where they, they understand like, it's not them pressing my buttons or it's not them. Like if you do this one more time, mom's going to lose it. I'll just say something like, okay, I'm feeling really stressed. So I'm going to go take a break and I will remove myself from the situation instead of expect them to change. So that I change. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's getting yeah. But the whole program basically is bi-directional where as our kids are learning about emotions, we're learning about our emotions. And as we learn about our emotions, we're helping our kids learn about their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so it's this kind of back and forth where you're like, I've already used the example a lot of like, if you like yell, then you can go repair it with your kids and then like discuss that. Um, But that's not happening all the time. Like I'm not like freaking out every day and then like going and repairing to like teach them this is the process. Mm -hmm. Um, But the beauty of it is in the repair, there's a lot of learning that happens too. Mm -hmm. So question about um, kind of the, I guess maybe not the philosophical, but just the approach to emotions um, that your program's kind of based around. Do, let's see if I can word this correctly. Um, 
do you believe that emotions are controllable? Because you're talking about like not that no one can make you feel a certain way, right? Uh, so are emotions controllable? Or are they something that I can control and I can limit? Or are they just inherent and they are just happening regardless of what I want? So that is a question that I would ask Ty, honestly. He's the <laughs> expert here, the therapist. But what I would say just for the sake of here answering the question is um, our thoughts are what create our emotions. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? So like uh-huh. if yeah. we have a, I don't know, and time might even, maybe I won't even send him this podcast because he might disagree with me. But if we have like a thought about going to our grandma's house, good or bad, like maybe one kid wants to go, one kid doesn't, that's going to affect what emotion comes up for us based on past experiences, based on mm-hmm. what last time, based on this. So our thoughts about something then contribute to our emotions and the emotions come up. And so if we can go back to kind of that emotion, be like, I'm feeling this way and kind of walk yourself through what happened last time. How can I get through it this time? Then we're not necessarily changing the emotion, but we're figuring out like what in the thought process can we contribute this time so that that doesn't happen or whatever. It's just like mm-hmm. you kind of like work your way through the thoughts to kind of get through the emotion, feel the emotion right. and then get, figure out ways to handle it in the future. So what would be wrong in saying then that like emotions like in their source are just kind of like they pop up based off of the situation, but then based off of your thoughts and the thought processes that you have, you can direct that emotion more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think so. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's, again, that's I'm learning too. Feel, you know, yeah. I think that's what's hard too is more research comes out every single year. Um, but for me, I think this is why this is a hard question for me. For me, accepting the emotion is my hardest skill to do. I can acknowledge that an emotion's there. And then I go straight to accommodating where I'm trying to figure out how to solve this emotion, make it go away. Um, you know, do black journaling, do like all of these strategies to try to like get the anger out of my body or whatever. Um, but accepting the emotion is the hardest thing for me where I just have to actually, I mean, sit with it, realize it's there and then move through it. I don't know. Accept is the hardest one. Yeah. But maybe other people think differently. (laughs) Uh, Which one am I worst at? Do you think? (laughs) Uh, I don't know, because I feel like I mean, you put yourself down so much about how you're not very emotional, but I honestly think you are pretty emotionally intelligent. Oh, thank you. And you may not be communicating that with other men, but like with me, you're really mm-hmm. open about that kind of stuff. Well, I think so, I, I remember when that switched for me. I think it was, I was in a situation where I was like, this is so hard. I've never really had to deal with like consistent, hard, negative emotions. And so I have to figure out how to deal with this. Mm. and then like because of that i had to like be analytical about it and so i don't like dealing with emotions in myself or with other people (laughs) just like i'll just be straight up like i don't i don't super enjoy it um and so like for me personally comfortable when people have uncomfortable emotions yeah i'm like i don't really know (laughs) what to do with this um for me i turn to humor i will like start trying to make someone laugh when they're sad (laughs) Yeah, I can. I do that with you. I guess. Yeah, you do that. 
Yeah. Um, And so even accepting other people's emotions is like a hard skill. Yeah. And it's something that I've had to work on. And for me, like, I don't know if this is counterintuitive, but it's what's helped me is to like be less emotional about my emotions, if that makes sense. (laughs) So like to be like less emotionally attached to my own emotions or to other people's emotions and to kind of view it as like a mechanism and like kind of as mechanical. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I think about it in those terms, like, oh, like I'm feeling this because of these things or like I'm in this situation where I'm at the bottom of the pack and so I'm naturally going to feel more anxious and that's just kind of like a biological thing. And so I don't need to feel awful that I feel anxious about this. I just need to like be aware of it and like adjust these things. And so when I think about it in kind of like more analytical terms, it helps me. Yeah. So my solution to feeling emotional was to be less emotional about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a solution for anybody else, but it works. For me. Yeah. Well, something that I've been thinking of as we're talking, um, is something that I struggle with a lot is that I let myself get so attached to the behaviors and the emotions of my kids so that I'm very like reactive and not responsive. Like you were talking about earlier. And then I let those reactions just like make me become someone for the rest of the day. So like, let's say that our two-year-old Ruth is just like on one or something and she's being crazy. Like, I will let that put me into a bad mood. And then like, I'm in a bad mood now. It's like, oh, this is me today. Is this bad mood, Emily? And I cannot, I cannot overcome this or like change my mind until I have a new sleep. Like I have to like (laughs) get through the day and then tomorrow's a new day. So like, how have you found, or maybe you're working on this too, or maybe not, but what do you have to say to me or any other parent out there? that struggles with like separating their own emotions, like from their kids. Yeah. I mean, that's like a super, super common thing. And it kind of goes back to like, uh, your child can't make you feel a certain way or whatever, but you're kind of in that place where it's like, it does feel like they are making me feel this way though. So I get out of it. Um, And so the first thing that I would suggest is notice your triggers. Like what triggers you? It sounds like sound or whatever screaming really triggers you. We talk about some definitely sound in our program where like we, we talk about like the sensory systems and how, like, if you have a really small sound threshold and you're by like noon, your kids have already like overcome that. Like you feel like you're done for the rest of the day. Right. Because it's like, Oh my gosh, I, if my kid screams at nine, I do fine. If my cr- kid screams at 5 p.m., I lose my freaking mind. It's because I've had too much sound. <laughs> yeah. And so noticing the triggers and then realizing, okay, I'm part of part of it is noticing the trigger, but then part of it is figuring out, okay, when this continues to happen, here's what I'm going to do so it doesn't affect my mood or what I do with my parenting. And so breathing, and this is so cliche, but breathing is one of the like best skills you can do because it helps to put your emotional and logical brain um, to work together. So take a minute, pause, breathe, go out of the room, take a break. I always say like tonight, even I was sitting at dinner and I'm like, I need a break. (laughs) And I told my husband, and so he put the kids coats on, took them outside. And I'm just like, I'm going to go take a shower before I have this thing. 
Um, but being able to communicate like when you are at your max that you need a break, even if your like husband's not home, I'll be like, okay, it's quiet time today. So you, here, let's go to the toy closet, pick a basket, you pick a basket, you both go in your rooms. And then I just went in my room and watched Netflix. I'm like, I need <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so I think it's really important that you take care of you and realize what you need too, because if you're getting too much sound, too much screaming, too much this, and you don't haven't like figured out any way to deal with um, those triggers, then there, there's like, I mean, it's like swimming upstream at that point. You're like way overwhelmed, super stressed out. Um, and then also like my kids with the screaming, they know, <laughs> they know it's screaming is like hard for me. And I say that a lot because it's honestly the one we deal with the most right now, but I bought some um, like noise canceling earplugs and it's like lowers the decibel level by like 30 or something. I don't even know. So sometimes I'll just put those in like when my kids are just playing and they're like screaming happy, I'll like put them in. They're called like loop earplugs and I sleep with them every night now. I freaking love them because I like if the dog rolls over, I will wake up. And so I like wear them at night. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other day my kids were playing and I was like, okay, that's enough screaming. No more. You got to be quieter. And he's like, why mom is because you don't have your earplugs. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He knows that I have those earplugs. Um, My my dad does the exact same thing. Actually. It's like when uh, our kids are at his house or he's over our house. And if we have cousins in town or anything like that. Oh, it gets uh, so loud. Yeah. And he, he has a, a tiny sound cup, just like I do. And I feel yeah. like if they're playing like that, whatever, it's like fine. But for some reason, when you've been all day as the mom, it's like kills me. But my grandpa yeah. was the yeah. same way. If we were too loud, he'd be like, be still. And we'd be like, oh, my gosh. He's <laughs> you know, like, grandpa is going to kill us. No, but Andrew's dad it, doesn't get upset by it. He just like he pops his headphones in. Yeah, he actually well, see, loves he's it. He's learned how to deal with it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's way better than scaring your grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was teasing him about it, about it the other day. He's like, I love it. Like I would, I love having them there. I also love being able to have my headphones in. Right. (laughs) Smart. So smart. I love that. He's figured out how to, you know, deal with those stickers. So yeah, yeah, I would just say like, figure out, first of all, figure out your triggers and then figure out just a couple of ways that you can cope with those specific needs. And then a lot of the other issues that come up, aren't going to feel as bad because you've dealt with like the biggest things that happen every day. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously things are still going to come up, but if you know, like what's going to happen usually every day, that's going to set you off and prepare mm-hmm. for those. It's going to go a lot smoother. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. Um, it seems like there's a lot of work that goes into that. It's not something that you ha- you just work on in the moment. Yeah. It, it seems like you have to at least be brainstorming or thinking and pondering or writing down maybe like, what are my triggers? Why do I feel this way when the kids scream? And what exactly can I do in these moments when it's going to happen today? Because it's going to happen today. Well, I think so. it's the same thing with like teaching our kids about emotions. We don't wait for the strong emotion to come up and then teach them. Okay, when you're angry, you can feel angry, but you can't do this. You can do this. Da-da-da-da. You talk about it proactively. So I I talk about something called the green arrow moment where um, if you know, they're receptive to teaching. That's when you work on new skills. But then when a conflict happens and they're in the red arrow moment, like everything's escalated, their logical brain has shut off and 
you know, you can't just get them to calm down by saying, okay, remember, breathe. But if you've already practiced in the green arrow moment, when you're feeling frustrated, here are some choices you can do and you practice, practice, practice. Then when they start to get triggered, you can be like, oh, remember, here are your choices. And so then it's a lot more effective in helping kids manage like really big frustrations. Right. That's a good point. So I have a question. Um, I I know the program isn't like overtly Christian, right? Or overtly based on the teachings of Christ. But I'm wondering um, personally, how do you feel that uh, parenting with emotional intelligence makes you a more Christ-like parent? I love that question. I I seriously love that question. So um, something, I don't know, something that I love about parenting with emotional intelligence and just realizing like, like it's okay for you to feel sad or whatever is that there's like so much less shaming um, towards my kids' emotions. Like I feel like a lot of times growing up, like if I cried and they'd say, stop crying or this in school, in church, at home, whatever. Um, and they'd be like, you know, you don't need to be sad about that. You don't need to be worried. It kind of actually turned into this shame for me. And I actually developed anxiety where I was pretty much worried all the time. So it's like, you tell a kid with anxiety, stop worrying. And then they just feel like something's wrong with them. I think parenting with emotional intelligence and really understanding, okay, emotions are part of life and they're going to feel these things. And instead of shaming them, helping them learn skills to deal with those effectively, it just shows that we love them no matter what, just like God would. Um, And that, you know, Christ felt every single emotion too. And we, we accept all of those, whether you're a boy or a girl or you're a teenager, like it's kind of embarrassing to cry when you're a teenager. Right. And I think a lot of that comes from the shame and the way we talk about emotions. And so for me, it's just, it's parenting with love. Um, and when I say parenting with love, it's parenting in Christ. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. And this kind of reminds me of something we talked about in the last episode we we recorded, not the last episode that is, was released before this one is being released. Uh, but we talked about how, um, we're, we are creatures with a dual nature, right? So we have like our physical body that is subject to the influences of this world. And then we have our spirits, which are, you know, the children of our, of our heavenly father. And so we have like that spiritual nature and that spiritual being. And I think when we don't parent with emotional intelligence, or we don't live our life with emotional intelligence, it's really easy for I'll, I'll say me as uh, so I don't I don't know what everyone feels like but for me mm-hmm. it's really easy to um, not be able to separate what is like the the natural man or part of like my, my the issues I deal with as my body and then the issues that, that my spirit deals with um, and granted like they, they occupy the same space and so they deal with each other's issues but um, there are certain things that are just part of life because of the bodies we have and because of the world we live in. Uh, and we're never going to be able to completely change it, right? Like we're never going to be able to get rid of negative emotions, for example. Um, and we don't, we don't want to be able to get rid of negative emotions because they serve a very important biological function. Um, and if we're not aware of that, it's, it, it's really easy to think, Oh, I have a negative emotion that must be coming from my, my spirit and not be thinking about 
in the sense of like, okay, this is just part of my body. Like I'm feeling these things. This is how I am. Um, and, and think of in terms of this is part of my spirit. I must be doing something wrong because I'm having these emotions. And when you do that, you're not able to truly overcome the natural man because you're not categorizing yourself correctly. For sure. And I think like, I, I don't know, there's some people who think about it more like that than others. I am like not really one, but like when my brother would have really strong negative emotions, he thought that he was getting promptings that what he was doing was wrong. Um, so there was like, he had a really hard time on his mission. He actually wrote like a little, like a book about it after like having anxiety, like while you're a missionary and like all those things. Anyways, I think that, yeah, I think that like being able to, to realize that the purpose the emotions serve is definitely important to understanding even how the spirit talks to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it just, it makes it so much more, um, it makes parenting so much more intentional because if, if you're not doing this, right, like if you're not parenting with emotional intelligence, you're kind of parenting your children with not a blank slate, but you're, you say like, here's this, this general acceptable range of emotions that I am applying to children and they have to fall within that acceptable range. And so you can't really have a personalized relationship or experience with each of your children because you're not willing to engage with their specific set of emotions. You're applying just like this blanket on this blanket with this, like this artificial range that you have predetermined for whatever reason or by whatever metric uh, and you're not able to have that intimate individual relationship. And I think that's the, if we look at the type of relationship that heavenly father has with us and he wants us to have with him, it's super, super individual. Mm-hmm. And it's very much geared towards the way that we feel and the way that we interact with the world around us. Yeah. And it's individual to each person, but also individual to like, y- like you and what you're going through and like, he knows you so well. So right. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty out of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lauren, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I, w- I didn't even check my watch to see what time we started. So that's we probably okay. over time. Uh, Lauren, our last question that we ask, uh, all of our guests is what are you doing, um, right now to make your home more of an outpost of heaven? Um, what I'm doing right now currently is trying to be really good about come follow me. I kind of went off the bandwagon last year. Um, come follow me is, you know, just weekly study of, of scripture. And, um, what I'm doing to make that happen is I put a basket on my dinner table with, my scriptures, some pens and like a magazine for the kids about Christ. And we go over it at dinner. So for me, it's like putting it on the shelf where it was much cuter, um, just wasn't working. So I need it right Mm -hmm. there. Smack dab (laughs) in the middle of the dinner table. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Good job. Well, hopefully it helps. Has it helped so far? I guess we're like a month and a half into, into 2021. So far, so good. I also got some cute line upon line scriptures. If you haven't seen those, they're so cute. Yes. Don't you have that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love them. They're so good. You wanna, it's like when you get new workout clothes and then you want to work out. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you want to read them. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, where can our listeners find you and the program? 
Okay, so the program actually will launch next week, the 16th-ish, I'm pretty sure, of March. You can find me on exolaurenpace.com um, and exolaurenpace on Instagram. But then also to find the program, Parenting Big Emotions on Instagram is where it'll all be linked up. Perfect. Awesome. And we'll put all this in the show notes. And when we post about this on Instagram, we'll tag all the all accounts the you just said. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. We love you. Keep it up. Keep the faith. Bye.